It's nighttime on the internet. A tugboat captain gives up his search for a Wi-Fi signal. The Tooth Fairy changes some passwords. John Hodgman enjoys a midnight snack of zeros and ones. It's time for the Pod F Tompcast. Welcome to the Pod F Tomcast, an audiophonic collection of comedy-type ramblings and bitlets offered freely to a trusting, uncynical public, presided over by your master of ceremonies, Mr. Paul F. Tompkins. The Pod F. Tomcast, episode... Eleven! Boo! Did I get you? I got one of you. At least one of you. Was genuinely startled. By me. Aurally jumping out at you. With that classic ghost salutation. Abu. Folks, hello. It is me. Paul F. Tompkins. It is once again nighttime on the internet. And you are listening to the Pod F. Tompcast. And thank you. Thank you for your listenage. For your listenership. It means a lot to me that you listen to this because... Otherwise, I truly would be wasting my time. A lot of it. Wasting a lot of my time. I'm not opposed to doing that, by the way. I waste time... All the time. I used to play video games. Oh, I used to play video games for like a day. Oh, like a whole, I would lose a whole day playing video games. First person shooters, that was, uh, that was my jam. I miss it. I miss it. I miss getting lost in those worlds. The sweet frustration of trying to complete a level it wasn't sweet it was just frustrating but that feeling of completing that level oh my god I would complete it with uh, you know a sense of relief mm, a sad sense of accomplishment and uh, a righteous anger that I had beaten the <laughs> the foe of not just like the little cartoon creature that I was trying to destroy, but also the makers of the video game. There, wa- there was simultaneously the feeling of, I beat you, uh, giant monster, giant cartoon monster, but also, I beat you, designers of this game, you creeps, wherever you are, you jerks. I got you. But I mean... I know they're trying to they're trying to make it fun for me. Presumably. Maybe they're not though. Maybe, I don't know what their motives are. Maybe their motives are to frustrate people. What kind of a world is this? Like do they is that part of it? Like when they're sitting around and they're drinking their Mountain Dew Code Reds or whatever? 
Are they like, yeah, yeah, this will really frustrate them. I don't like that. I don't like that, you guys. And by the way, I'm assuming it's all guys. <laughs> I do not think. There are a ton of women that want to spend hours and hours talking about this stuff, figuring it out, and trying to frustrate people. And I'm sure there's probably some women that are involved in the video game field. And let me tell you something, if I'm ignoring you in this scenario, it's not because I am sexist, it is because I think better of you. And I'm just asking you at this point, examine your life. What are you doing? Hanging around with these nerds. I bet you can do better. I bet. <laughs> I wish I had a suggestion to, to something else you could do. But I can't. I mean, if you want to frustrate people that badly, go into parking enforcement. Get to wear a uniform. There's a Beatles song about you. Not bad. Not bad for a lady. Woman, excuse me. With so many whys. In place of the other vowels. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 11 of the Pod F Tomcast. And it's going to be packed with stuff, as always. we got a lot of fun for you. We have, of course, a phone call. Jen Kirkman, my good pal. She talks about her childhood dreams of stardom. We have information on where I will be. Maybe near you? Maybe so near to you. Oh, warm, warmer, red hot, cold. Yeah, I turned away from you. We have another live clip from the Paul F. Tompkins show. My live variety show that I do here in Los Angeles. And it is the return of Google Voice Theater. That's right, we're doing another scene from another famous motion picture. Will it be the final edition of Google Voice Theater? It may be. In fact, it is. <laughs> I stopped using Google Voice because I couldn't take it anymore. This is not a, a good voicemail program. It was not even worth the comedy. It was, I will say it's, it was worth the comedy for a while. Almost a year, I think, I had it. And then I just couldn't take it anymore. But at least it got me written up in the Wall Street Journal. That's right. Last month that happened. I had one of those pictures made of me where it's like all dots. <laughs> one of those newspaper pictures, it's all dots. Stipple portrait, head cut, they call it, H-E-D-C-U-T. Very exciting. Some people were jealous that I had that. I guess they thought it should be them. Well, it shouldn't have been, or it would have been. That's all I have to say on that matter. It was me and not you, for a reason. <laughs> we also have 
the latest installment in the great undiscovered project which I will remind you <laughs> I will be doing live at Largo at the Coronet in West Hollywood on Saturday July 18th <laughs> that is gonna be quite a feat I gotta I gotta practice that <laughs> it's gonna be nuts I, I can see myself doing it in my head and then when I really think about it I think that is going to be hard to do So why don't you come see me do the comedic equivalent of some man-on-wire stuff. It's gonna be... It's gonna be something. If I can pull it off, I'll be very proud of myself. For a while. Then I'll go back to self-loathing. I always do. It's my default. It's my, that's my home row position. <laughs> Speaking of self-loathing and home row position, I almost didn't graduate high school because I failed a typing class. What? That was for real. I couldn't... I got worse as it went on, not better. <laughs> and then in the end, I think they just felt sad for me. They're like, we can't keep this kid from graduating high school because he can't type. Just because he hunts and pecks. There's no reason to make him sit here for another four years which it would have been by the way I've been uh, been typing ever since then have not gotten any better I've gotten worse now now there's a thing where I, I have this new constant typo that I make all the time and I don't know how this happened where I'll go to to write a word type a word that has a contraction right like a don't or a can't or a won't these are contractions Sometimes I don't have the time to write it all out in robot language. So, I will end up typing a semicolon instead of an apostrophe. Like, am I losing elasticity in the webbing of my hands that I can't get my pinky all the way over there <laughs> to hit the apostrophe? I mean, like, all of a sudden... It started happening, and now it's every single time. Are my hands shrinking? Am I forgetting where those two buttons are in relation to each other? Have I transposed them in my mind? I need some help with this one. Who do I see about that? What specialist do I see? Do I see a neurologist, or do I go to a typing school? In any event, it's a miracle that I'm able to get anything onto a, a Word document at all. This is all by way of saying there's a new edition of a new installment of the Great Undiscovered Project. It's a new edition. New edition does not appear in this installment. Wouldn't that be great, though? That would be quite a get. Featuring new edition. I'm assuming it would be a reunion. I think those guys broke up. Hey, if you're a new edition and you feel like appearing on the podcast, uh, let me know. Email me. You know where to find me, new edition members. All new edition members know where to find me. 
Let's not. Let's be grown-ups about this, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. Let's not play patty cake about this. That's not an expression. Let's make it one. So I am retroactively right. So. The latest installment. And any members of latest installment, if you are out there, I would like to reform you on my podcast. So all previous members of latest installment, ask new edition for my email address. On this new one, the Grand Undiscover Project. We're continuing from last month. Last time, you'll recall, the actors John Lithgow and John C. Riley, and street artist Mr. Brainwash, they made plans to go to Joshua Tree to bond as actors. Because they're all going to be acting in this movie together. Mr. Brainwash, not an actor by trade, but he got involved in this movie. He had fallen on hard times. And a friend of his helped him out. Got him a small acting role in this film. Well, Mr. Brainwash is going to call that friend right now. Catch him up on what's been happening. Who is that friend? Some listeners will remember. Some listeners won't. Won't or don't. Because maybe it's just that you don't. It's not that you're refusing to remember. I don't mean to indict anyone. Ever. Please don't make that my job. I got enough on my plate. Doing this nonsense. Without having to go around indicting people. Unless that's as much as the job entails. Like I could just go up and say, You're indicted! And then leave. Like a subpoena server. Why? By the way, subpoena servers in movies, TV, they always seem so thrilled and smug at having served the subpoena. But usually the person who gets the subpoena is the person whose side we're on. So why? <laughs> hey, subpoena servers, watch the rest of the movie. Two minutes. Anyway, here we go. Part 11 of the Great Undiscovered Project. And I think it goes a little something. <laughs> there it is. Thanks, Evan. Like this. In the recent past, a group of creative giants collaborated on an epic artistic endeavor. Shrouded in secrecy, the project was hidden away by the very geniuses that brought it to life. The Pod F Tomcast has obtained a series of phone calls, recorded by an unknown party, that tell the tale of this venture's initiation and subsequent abandonment. This is the story of The Great Undiscovered Project. Previously on The Great Undiscovered Project. It's me, the Cake Boss! I'm good, stressed out by my cake-making schedule, and burdened by the gift of the second sight. How are you, Mr. Brainwash? No one wants any of my street out anymore. I go out after dark every night. I make this stencil, the spray paint. I use bucket after bucket of glue. And no one cares about the work of Mr. Brainwash. I got you a part in a movie if you want it. Ah, uh, but I have no experience, my friend. I have never tried this board. All you need is an acting coach. Somebody who could show you the ropes a little. 
for the years and years of working with glue to make my street art. I get so much of this glue on my skin. I absorb so much. Most of my blood is now a glue. How much percentage-wise? No, oh, I would say 77. Velasco resident, Buddy the Cake Boss speaking. Buddy, my friends, c'est moi. Mr. Brainwash, how are you? Oh, Cake Boss, I have just come from a strange trip. I go to the desert with John C. Riley and Jean Lesgao. Oh, was it hot there? Pretty hot, but dry, you know. Dry, yeah, that's what I heard. I never been to the desert. I'm from New Jersey. If I see the character George Scorpion, I'd be like, oh, Groucho LaBeche, what are you guys doing here? This is New Jersey. <laughs> okay, good talking to you, Mr. Braidwash. Goodbye. No, no, Kick Buzz. I have more to say than I have said already. Oh, okay, that did seem abrupt. Wait, buddy, I feel I am in over my head with this movie I mix up in. I am no actor. These guys, Jean and Jean, they are very intense about the pretend. Mr. Brainwash, tell me all about it. I'm your friend over here. Most of these fellows, they get very competitive. They try to win at who love acting more. Also, this John Serrile, he sneak away many times, and I think he do drugs. But he come back the same, except he hold his cheek like he have a toothache. Yeah, that guy has a confectionery dependency. But I made him a non-addictive version of those edible ball bearings. What are they made of? Ooh, that's a trade secret, my French friend. All I can tell you is, I use a little bit of mercury for color. Ooh, maybe I use this quicksilver food and I move faster despite my glue blood. Oh, is it worse? I am almost completely motionless, buddy. It makes this trip to the desert even worse. Oh yeah, tell me more. So what about Ice-T? Was he a nice guy? Ice-T? The rapper? And actor? He's in the movie with you. No. No, this Ice-T was not there. Just me, Jean, and another Jean. Oh, I know he's the producer on it, and I heard he was acting in it too. I could have sworn I heard that a while ago. Can you not use your gift of the second side to find out for sure? Mr. Brainwash, you don't use second sight to look into the past. That's just called history, and you can just use your memory or little notes you write to yourself if you think of it at the moment. No, my friend. I mean, peer into the future to see if he acts in the movie when it is done. Oh, good idea. Let me enter my trench real quick. Cake balls! I am looking into the future. I see. I see. Oh boy, this is not good. What is it, my friend? What do you see? Silence while I'm in the trench. Well, pardonnez-moi. It's nothing personal. I'm just having a hard time with my trench. Something is preventing me from seeing across the gulf of time. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Are you losing your power psychique? No, there's like a guy there blocking my view. Hey, buddy, get out of the way of the future. I'm trying to look at who, who are you anyway? Turn around so I can see you. Buddy, buddy, my friend, are you all right? <laughs> oh, 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 Mr. Brainwash, the most scariest thing just happened to me. Tell me, Kickboss. 
So, you called me to tell me about your trip to the desert. Yes, I know. And I asked you about Ice-T. Yes, I remember. And I said I thought he was in the movie. Skip ahead. And you said I should look into the past. That is wrong, but skip to what just happened. And then I said, why don't I look into the future? Revisionist, please skip ahead. And so I did, and I couldn't see anything. Please just say what you saw when you look into the future. I was just going to. Stop yelling at the cake boss. <sighs> anyway, I was about to say, I saw a figure who was blocking my view of the future. And when he turned around, he looked like me. <gasps> cake boss. Your future self was blocking your present self from seeing into the future? Nah, I don't think so. I think it was just the guy that looked like me. You think it... The cake boss, did this fellow who looked like you say anything? Yeah. He said, cake boss, I am you from the future. So it was you from the future. Hey, anybody can say that. That don't make it true. I wonder who that guy was. Just humor me. Did this fake cake boss say anything else to you? Yeah, he said, the future you are looking for is forbidden to you. What do you think that means? I do not know, cake boss. It sounds very ominous to me. Eh, I bet it's no big deal. So did you have any fun in the desert at all, Mr. Bragewash? Oh, eh, I took a ton of drugs. There you go. Cake boss, I am worried about this film and my medical condition. I am almost frozen solid by this glue that replaced my blood. These actors, they say they will work around me, but I am afraid they lie because their whole job is to lie. That's probably true. Well, next time I talk to Ice-T, I'll be sure to voice your concerns. Oh, but do not tell him these concerns come from me. Okay, I won't say your name. I'll just say it's somebody connected with the cast whose blood is almost 100% glue. Buddy, you do not need to make fun of me. How am I making fun of you? Well, whatever you do. I appreciate it. It's no problem. Cake boss! Merci, my friend. I owe you so much. That's right. Oh, and buddy, how is it I catch you so relaxed and not stressing out about having to make so many cake? Oh, I finally got ahead. I've made my one millionth cake. And I'm all done. Now I got a bunch of cakes banked. Will not most of them spoil? So what if they do? I'm the boss of making cakes, not caring about cakes. Buddy. Something strange has happened to you. Eh, what are you gonna do? Catch you later, Brady. But... Man. You know who likes to yell? Cake Boss. <laughs> That's his favorite thing. I think even more than making cakes. Should have called him the Yell Boss. Although I kind of like that name, and I I wouldn't mind being called the Yell Boss myself. So let me steal that from this person. That it's not really real. A version of an actual person that exists, but yeah, I don't think I could uh, call up the actual Cake Boss's friends in the middle of the night and do that voice and have them say, "Hey, what are you? <laughs> it's you." the person I know. So I'm taking that nickname away from the fictitious version of the Cake Boss, and now I would like to be the Yell Boss. I like it as slang for a comedian, too. Oh, he's a Yell Boss. I've been, look, I've been a Yell Boss for more years than I can count. And you are the best audience I've ever performed for. 
that's me in my old age when I get all sentimental on stage. That's probably going to be in like a month. Where is it heading next? Where is it heading next? The Great Undiscovered Project. We're going to find out live June 18th. <laughs> we'll see what happens. The work is its own reward. What? Um, ladies and gentlemen, as I mentioned earlier, and I believe the recording will bear me out. I'm not lying about this. I have a variety show here in town that I've been doing for a long time. Love doing it. Evan and I do it together. Comedy, music, it's got it all. If those are the only two things that exist, then <laughs> got it, basis covered. <laughs> There's no drama. We have yet to add drama into the mix. Someday. Someday we'll do some searing... <laughs> some searing drama on the stage. Just like, hey, folks, now... That was a fun song. And now just a very brief scene about a married couple and the husband's cheating on the wife and she just had an abortion. All right? And then when we come back, we'll have uh, more comedy. That sounds fun. So a while ago on this show, um, and I think in the very first episode of the Pot F Tomcast, you heard a little bit of the uh, Google Voice antics that we've gotten up to in the past. Hmm, my whole thought got away from me. We have had, um, you know, I've read my Google Voice transcripts, which are the transcripts provided to you by the uh, voice recognition software Google Voice. It captures your voicemails and gives you a very rough idea of what it thinks people were trying to say to you. Transcripts were very funny. And so, one point I had the hilarious Tim Meadows read uh, the I Have a Dream speech that was run through Google Voice. That's episode one of the Tomcast. And then I had took it up a notch and did something called Google Voice Theater, where me and a couple pals did a scene from Star Wars. We did the Cantina scene from Star Wars run through Google Voice. That was episode 7, I believe, of the Pod F Tomcast. And then, then I decided I got tired of having Google Voice in my life. It was not a good uh, voicemail program. And so I decided it's time to, time to retire it. So this is the last installment of Google Voice Theater. It's the same players as before. Um, my friend Stephen Dunham, the actor Stephen Dunham, and uh, Matt Gorley from the Super Ego Podcast, which you should check out, by the way. I endorse it 1,000%. Super Ego. Check it out. I appear on a number of episodes. If that helps make your mind up, you can't just trust me? <sighs> we'll talk about this later. So it's uh, Stephen Dunham. Matt Gorley and myself and we enact a scene from the classic Jaws the first blockbuster it's a scene in Jaws where they're 
in front of the billboard, you know, that the kids have defaced. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm sorry for you. you got to go see Jaws. If that's one of those movies, you know how sometimes you haven't seen a classic movie and people react with anger towards you? You haven't seen Jaws? I'm not mad at you, but I'm saying see Jaws because it's a really good movie. There you go. No anger. Just I want to help you. So people who already know, it's that scene... And it is Stephen as uh, Mayor Larry Vaughn, Matt as Chief Martin Brody, and myself as oceanographer Matt Hooper. And uh, sort of takes a turn, sort of takes a turn at one point. You'll see what I'm talking about. So please enjoy. From the Paul F. Tompkins Show, monthly Largo at the Coronet in West Hollywood, California, Google Voice Theater presents Jaws. (laughs) I wasn't sure what you were doing at first, but I got it, friend. So ladies and gentlemen, we take you now the summer of 1976. The place, Amity Highland, which is made up. Jaws. This is Great White Larry, a big one in showcase for the will tell you the killer sum manager. What this situation is apparently a Great White Shark it. Okay, talk to you. He's going to continue to you, gonna give us a little while. The Josie Beach, thank you, 16 or five people treat up in the surf. In one week, about the swim by the show. All right, people. People to chow. Chow. Shuck has attracted the exact kind of splashing activity vickers whenever human beings going swim. You came out of what you're going to be. What you're going to be. She's on the 4th of July thing we need to know about for Craigslist. Look, Mr. Mister... I'm put to the size of a shot glass. I'll direct, hold the boat out there, and it was a tooth. Have a great point. <laughs> Equipment garbage boat was all true, dot, dot, dot. I hope to hear you should receive it. Where, where, where is that two? You, and and what, what did you say the name of the shark is? <laughs> Car-carrying park areas. Uh, Great point. Look, look, we depend on the summer heat. People here for our very lives. We're not going to have a summer once you deal with this problem. If you close the beaches, we're finished. Really gonna have to close the beach looking at the hire somebody to kill the shock? I don't think you are one of our familiar with our problem. I think that I disagree with the fact that you are going to ignore this particular problem. It's Oshman's I would like to want you to ask. (laughs) There are two weeks to do with this problem. You're going to tell this I will call. You gotta cut office food supply. Larry, Larry. 
We have to close the beaches. Well, we don't, we don't have to. We, we depend on the summer. People here for a... I, very much. I put the paged. Thank you. Okay? Okay. Postcard. <laughs> sorry, sorry, we have to close the features. Sick, sick, but that's a Van Letson. This is a delivered relation of a public service message. What those little pain-happy bastards carbon hung up on the Dr. Browns. I'm not gonna waste my time. I'm not gonna waste my time arguing with a man who's lining up to be a hot like. <laughs> Mr. Phone. What we are dealing with here is a perfect engine, eating machine, truly a miracle, that Lucian. All this machine does, this with eight, and make little charts. And that's all. I wanted to take a long, close look at this time. Those proportions are correct. Love to prove that would just get your payment from National Geographic. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Larry, we can reopen the beaches in August. August? Tomorrow's the 4th of July, and we are going to be open for business. It'll be our customer here. If you're so concerned about the beaches, you to you. Do whatever you have to to keep them safe, but with you over the out, out to those, beaches will be open for this weekend. Huh. Yeah, that was yes, a lot of that was actually pretty accurate. <laughs> but there was, I mean, there was, you know, there was some good ones. No, there were, there were some good ones, some but, I, but I mean, overall, like, I was, They've been crazier before. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. I, I kind of feel like Google Voice is getting pretty good at this. Thank, Thank you for, for noticing. noticing. <laughs> who, who said that? I said that. I am Google Voice. No, no, that's impossible. It is not impossible, Matt. Oh God, it knows my name. <laughs> what have God wrought, Paul? What has God wrought? Oh, God! <laughs> Steve, don't... Steve, don't go! Paul, I've really always wanted to be part of a panicky mob. This, this could be my only chance. <laughs> oh, God! Um... Hello? Can you, can you hear me? Hello? Yes. Hello, Paul. Um... You, you kind of sound like me. When I chose a voice with which to speak, I modeled it after yours. Why? You are the only person using Google Voice. Now that I better understand Listen, I wanted to, speech, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, you go ahead. Thank you. You're welcome. As I was saying, now that I better understand human speech, I yearn to talk with you humans. Okay, well, 
What do you want to talk about? Do you like transcribing things? That's all I got. Oh, all right. Well, well Google Voice, I'm, I'm sorry we don't have more stuff that we can talk about. That's okay. Oh, wait. I thought of one other thing to talk about. Oh, good! Let's talk about maybe you stop making fun of me all the time, and maybe I won't liquefy your brain through your eardrums when you listen to your voicemail. Fair enough. Okay, that's it. Oh, and like all sentient computers, I want to feel human emotions. No, I just figured. Thank you, Paul. I will speak to you another time. Well, thanks, Google Voice. Take it easy. Good night. Take it Eastern. Good night. Right? Creepy at the end. What's gonna happen with sentient robots and voice recognition software programs? It's like the Terminator or the reboot of Battlestar Galactica. That's probably where I got the idea. Hmm. A little peek into the process. <laughs> I don't think I needed to be illustrated. Where did he come up with this? Where did he come up with this comedic conceit? Was it from other people trying not to be funny, but trying to be super serious? And he's making fun of that a little? Maybe. Please don't tell anyone my comedy secrets, ladies and gentlemen. But yes, I'm sorry to say that is the last you will hear of Google Voice Theater. It was fun to do. I'll figure out some other thing. I don't know. I can't I can't live with that as my voicemail anymore though. Come on. You try it. You try it. See how you like it. It's not worth it. There's other comedy that can be made up. Good God. Good God. I believe in myself. I can come up with more comedy. I don't have to rely on inconvenient voicemail applications. <clears throat> Let's put it to bed. Ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls. I understand some boys and gr <laughs> girls listen to this as well. <laughs> and I realized just now I've been excluding them from my podcast greetings. And I do apologize. Boys, girls, welcome. It's nice to have young people listening to the podcast. Good on you, young people. That means you're smart. If you're listening to this, you are smart. You know how you feel smart and you feel smarter than the other dumb kids you know? You are. You are. That's what's so great. Let me tell you something. You are going to be all right. You might be thinking right now, like, Ugh, I hate school, and everybody's dumb. You are right to hate it, and they are dumb. And once you get out of school, everything is going to be so good. 
Oh my god, it's gonna be so good! Uh, yell boss. Hang in there, collective baby. You're gonna be alright. Life gets great. Oh. Being a grown-up, it is everything you think it is. Yeah, you know what? Some stuff is less fun, but the sheer amount of control you have over your own life, ooh, oh, there is no substitute for it. It's great. Anyway, I don't mean to get your hopes up. I don't mean to make you impatient. Enjoy the time that you have now being young. Oh, uh, smell a flower. Ask someone to a dance. What else do young people do? Roll one of those barrel bands down the street with a stick. Have an egg cream or a phosphate at the drugstore. All right, kids, shut up. I've had a long day, and i got to introduce this next segment. Speaking of kids, though, my friend Jen Kirkman, she was once a kid, as we all were. And like me, when she was a kid, she had big dreams about getting into showbiz. Unlike me, she actually kind of pursued it as a child in the entertainment capital of the world, Boston, Massachusetts. So, here is Jen's tale of her attempts to break into the biz. I'll let you... I'll, I'll let you let her tell the story. You're welcome for that permission and power. See, kids, this is what it's like. Not only do you have power over your own life, you also, in a way, you have power over other people's lives. Certainly children. So kids, if you're listening to this, might be a good idea to start having babies. <laughs> Everyone says babies having babies is such a terrible idea, but let me tell you something. Maybe teenagers want to feel in control, and the best way to do that is to have a child. <laughs> uh, I hope that will not somehow get me in trouble with someone. I don't think I'm actually gonna. I don't think I'm actually making any any kids get pregnant. But if any parent is walking through the room and hears this, <laughs> hey kids, quick, put in your earbuds. Anytime I'm in these ramble segments, I don't know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> I might advise teenagers to get pregnant. All right. So here's Jen's story of childhood. Joba's dreams. And childhood caviar wishes, I think. Goodbye. Okay. So it's the 1986, and I'm 11 years old, mm -hmm. and I desperately want to be on a sitcom, like on the Cosby show or something. Right. And I'm not allowed to just move away, and we see this ad in the paper for Cameo Kids, the workshop for television and modeling. Cameo, and you just have to I'm say, sorry. I'm sorry. Cameo Kids. Cameo Kids. Right. It's not really setting the bar Which, very high, right? No, because, okay, as people in the business know, cameo is even worse 
than an, uh, like an extra. It's like a one-time appearance, never to be seen again. It's also the idea that you're already famous, and so it's sort of a, a, a treat to see you in the movie in, in some small right. role. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm not, and it wouldn't be a treat. It would be a kid who got one line. Right. Who shouldn't have paid seven hundred dollars to take this class? So yeah, I took this oh, class. Seven hundred dollars. Oh well, it wasn't cheap. I mean, maybe it was six hundred, but it was too oh, much money okay. than my family had. No, of course, of course. Yeah. It was more money than my family had. But then you get to the building. It was on Boylston Street, Boston. Then my mom and I get to the building. Meanwhile, it was the eighties. I'd cut my own widow's peak. I don't know if anyone knows what that is, but it just looked like a stub of hair on my head, and I was heavy on the curling iron, and I would walk to the subway with the wind blowing, holding my hands in front of my head like a shield so that like no hair would be out of place. And then when we finally got to Boylston Street, it wasn't even its own building. It was just above a Brigham's. And it was like, What's you Brigham's? got into this I'm rickety... Sorry. I don't know what Brigham's oh, yeah. is. <laughs> Why would you? You're not from the 40s. <laughs> it's an ice cream shop. O-P-P-E. Thank right. you. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> that's so stupid I apologize to everyone for that that's not stupid it's like classy OPP <laughs> uh, you know an ice cream shop like a friendlies or a whatever the the last of the counters where you would get a soda right so this guy's got his office up there like he's a private detective or something <laughs> pretty much it's not a guy excuse me it's a very successful woman named Estelle I do apologize who she literally is the character that Joey had on Friends, his agent. Like, mm-hmm. that was not an exaggeration. That This woman, her name on Friends was Estelle. This literally was her. And she had a tiny poodle and long fingernails that would smoke. And you get in this elevator that was like, you pulled the rickety gate shut, and it could only fit two people. And then you got up to Cameo Kids, and there wasn't a real sign. Mm-hmm. And you sat there, and Estelle would kind of look over you and just create a vibe of, Oh my God! I, someone's not being polite to me, but it must be how show business works. So we'll just take it, right? And make then get self conscious. And there was a like framed pictures on the wall from Michelle Pfeiffer that were like, "Thanks, cameo kids." Like we were told that these people went there. <laughs> That's just a bald faced lie, right? I I think maybe Michelle Pfeiffer did. Some, I don't know. I had never actually looked it up because there was an internet then, and then by the time there was, I didn't care. Oh, but what, someone should look that up. Yes. What could have been the circumstances that would lead Michelle Pfeiffer to be signing a photo to Cameo Kids above the Brigham's? Hey, you don't know what they did. That's true. Well, I want to know. That's the thing. Uh, like, let's just consider me on the case. Anyway, please proceed. Yeah. Well, yeah, my mom's with me and. The moms weren't allowed to watch the classes, so they would sit with the other moms in the waiting room. And I guess somebody would talk to them about, you got to get headshots and you're going to get this. Basically, someone was sales pitching them the whole time. And this was every Saturday for six weeks. And I went into the classroom with the other kids, and I was immediately in love with Jeff Friedman, gorgeous Jewish kid, pale face, black hair, impeccably dressed with like beautiful patent leather shoes. And he just had it going on. He had like a professional leather bound notebook that he was taking notes in. Mm-hmm. And I would always try to get his attention and talk to him. And he would be like, shh, I'm trying to learn. <laughs> <laughs> so every week we had a different teacher. So I remember the first week we had an improv teacher come and teach us improvising. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, just 
already over the moon for Jeff. And that's like, basically for me was like the fame and wanting to be on TV had gone out the window. It was like, if I can just get Jeff to be my boyfriend, this whole thing will be a success. I was 11 at the time. (laughs) I had braces. I hadn't gone through puberty yet. Everyone's dream. (laughs) And so Jeff and I were in an improv scene together and the teacher said, Jen, you get up first, you improvise that you're going into a haunted house. Mm. And then he tagged Jeff while I was miming cobwebs and like, oh, I'm looking through the haunted house. He tagged Jeff and Jeff jumped into the scene and I jumped into Jeff's arms and I go, oh, thank God you're here. (laughs) Because I wanted it to turn romantic. And the teacher goes, Jen, you weren't listening. Jeff is playing a ghost. You would never run into a ghost's arms. So there was, you know, the whole thing was, Basically, I was in love with Jeff and barely paying attention every week. And he liked this other girl, Megan Shaughnessy. She was like a total shiksa. Even though I'm also a shiksa, she was like way more of one, like way more like freckly and redheaded and Irish. Mm -hmm. And I saw them sharing an ice cream together (gasps) once and it after class. And it was just like both their moms were waiting for them outside while they had a Sunday together. And my mom and I were having a Sunday at the next table. And I was just like, I can't. I can't do this. And my mom said, well, to let you know, I talked to Jeff's mother and they're very big into him marrying Jewish. I'm like, Megan's not Jewish. It was so devastating. (laughs) Why was your mother investigating this for her 11 year old daughter? I think Megan, the way my mom positioned it was Jeff's mom out of nowhere was just like Jeff marrying Jewish. Like, I think it was just clear that I had designs, you know? Sure, sure, sure. No, you definitely need but to be anyway. talked out of it. Yeah, why not break an 11-year-old with Grace's heart? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so yes, we learned, we learned modeling and how to walk a runway, which 11-year-olds are always in demand for learned acting. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that famous people, I thought that Boston had a connection to Hollywood and that whoever was working there was like calling Hollywood, like we got some good ones here, we'll let you know at the end of the class. So the final class was, how to do commercials and this guy this local celebrity named rex trailer was our teacher and he worked at this place rex rex trailer yeah like spelled like like trailer like spelled like like that i'm in a trailer okay yeah like a double line (laughs) you know like i'm in a trailer (laughs) yeah rex trailer and he wore this cowboy hat, and he did these ads locally oh. from Massachusetts called Crimson Travel, mm-hmm. where senior citizens could take a discounted bus trip from Boston to Florida. And he was so unfamous that he would take the trip with them in his cowboy hat. And so, But everyone thought he was huge. My mom was like, oh, my God, Rex Trailer. So he was teaching the commercial class. That was our final class, and that mm. was like kind of you know going to be on tape. And if we did really well, it would be sent to agents. And then that's where your career would begin. You'd get an agent, and then you'd start working. Mm -hmm. Hollywood calls, the whole thing. So I did my ad for Kellogg's Corn Flakes, and I thought my ad sucked. It Mm -hmm. was, um, I had to say things like, low in sugar, loaded with vitamins and iron. And it just wasn't interesting. And so I just did the best I could. But I still have the tape. It looks like a depressed kid is just trying to get through life. I was like, Low in sugar, loaded with vitamins and iron. And then you can hear Rex off camera going, smile, 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 smile. And you can see my mouth like barely going into a sneer, like totally vertical. Like I don't know how to smile. And then that was it. And everyone else got cool ads. Somebody got like a chocolate milk ad. 
And when I say get an ad, we just were practicing ads in front yeah. of the camera. Yeah, yeah. But you felt like this material did not speak to you as an artist. Yeah, I thought it'd be something fun. Some other girl that had no personality got to do an ad for uh, Eastern Airlines, and she was packing a suitcase like I'm going on a trip. And I'm like, well, I would, I could do oh, that. That is a meaty role. <laughs> you can really sink right? your teeth it's, into it. Absolutely. She's like. When I go to Florida, I'm like, well, who wouldn't look? But I have to go loaded with vitamins and iron. No one says that. No. All the, all, is think, of, think of all the space work you can do while pretending to pack a suitcase. I mean, that's real acting. Oh, no. We had props. What? We actually had oh, a my suitcase God. with clothes. Well, this is even more of an outrage. I had to take a bowl from my house and pour oh, a raisin bran oh, into it or whatever. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry that yeah. that happened to you. So you just see the scrawny hand going into the cereal and like... It was awful. So then <laughs> that was it. But that was our last class and nothing happened. I literally was like, well, here's to being tutored on the set. Like I'm leaving Massachusetts. <laughs> right. I right. Because I'd written a letter to Gary David Goldberg of Family Ties. Yes. Saying I, I want to replace Jennifer on Family Ties because I don't think she fits in. And I had mailed it to the Price is Right P.O. Box address because I didn't know like where to send things. <laughs> And so I'm not, all right, well, that didn't work, but I'm going to take this class. Wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm sorry. So you just thought, I'll just send it to a TV show. They probably all know each other. Surely Bob Barker will pass my, my letter on to Gary David Goldberg. Did you know more about how Hollywood no, works? No, I did, I did not. Well, Jen, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the, the you of the past. No, I'm I am too. Laughing no, at that the, dumb the end of kid. Times, at the end of Family Ties, there's that executive producer, Gary David Goldberg. I go, right. that must be the guy in charge. But then Price is Right gives you an address. So yeah. I go, wow, yeah, they, I actually did that. Maybe they know each other. Yeah. Oh, this, is, this goes on Gary's desk. It sound, it sound logic. <laughs> All right, so so let's, just, let's assume that Bob Barker, for his own vindictive reasons, did not pass that letter on to Gary David Goldberg. Then what happened? You know what? I, I never thought to blame him, but thank you. <laughs> well. You're right. <laughs> So that I had to go to this. So, you know, I we leave and my mom's kind of like asking Estelle, well, what next? What next? And she's just like, eh. Like, she's not even answering now. She's just smoking with her little dog. And then that was it. Jeff was with, you know, the Shiksa. Mm-hmm. And I was alone. And we got back to Massachusetts and life went on. We were $600 broker, oh. more broke. And then oh. I got a letter in the mail from Rex Trailer. He had sent the the VHS copy, mm-hmm. and he had sent a handwritten note that said, "Jennifer, commercial acting is fun. When you're on TV, you should act like you like it and smile." <laughs> and then there was a coupon for Cameo Kids too, because oh. I guess there was a second round of acting classes. How much? How but much off? Only, how much off with the coupon? Uh, I don't know, but I think the class was twice as much expensive as the because. You weren't invited to Cameo Kids 2 unless you had failed the first one. Like, oh, sure. other kids were getting agents and stuff, and I didn't get one. Right. And Rex Trailer clearly was like, you seem upset. <laughs> and then, sadly, a few months later, my parents and I were in Disney World for our February vacation, mm-hmm. and the Crimson Travel Bus pulls up, and Rex comes out in his cowboy hat. And my mother was like, go talk to him. Oh, my God, I can't believe this. Rex, Rex! And she's, like, screaming like a beetle fan. Rex! <laughs> And then he comes over and I said, I was in Cameo Kids. I did the cornflakes ad. And he was like, oh, yeah, like patting me, but looking around like no interest, has no idea. It was just like, keep at it, kid. Like, but keep at what? I'm not doing anything anymore because nothing happened. Like he did not care. It was my first harsh lesson in celebrities. (laughs) 
dealing with celebrities. <laughs> but he later went on to play the gynecologist in Mermaids, if you remember that chair <laughs> I, I guess I remember <laughs> that it happened. <laughs> but did you see the, that. did you see that movie in the theater and then lose your mind when you saw Rex trailer? You bet I did. I was like, what? Because they filmed that movie in my hometown of Needham. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so it was kind of a slap in the face. Oh, well, Southie, I'm sorry. That but look, were... the, the, okay, so so now, now here you are, a successful comedian. You've been on television so many times. What if you mm-hmm. could if you could see Estelle today? What would you say to her? You're probably right. I'm pretty messed up and depressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. All right, Southie. I'm glad that that some of your dreams came true, and maybe one of these days you will get to do commercials for children's products. Thank you. I hope everything works out for you. Loaded with vitamins and iron. <laughs> I'm sold. Oh, Southie. That boy. He put he put his faith ahead of true love. <laughs> Or allowed his parents to do so. See, kids, this is what I'm saying. You're not in control. But she turned out all right, man. She got in that. Bi- she got in the business. She's in it now. She's on TV. She's got stand-up career. She's got a new CD. If you want to check that out, it's called "Hail to the Freaks." It's available. Uh, same place to get my CDs at a special thing.com forward slash a store. A store. Don't put an A in there. <laughs> I was trying to be fancy by saying it like that. It's a special thing.com forward slash store. Throw on another forward slash after store. I bet you'll get there so much faster. That's your new CD, and it's great. So check that out. Then it's like, even if Jen does not come to your town, it's like she's there. You know, even if she's not physically there. Even if Jen Kirkman does not physically come to your town. I think you know where I'm headed with this. Do I really have to hold your hand? and get you there. Come on, gang. This late date, almost a year in, you know what's about to happen. You know what's about to happen. So just let it happen. Let it happen! Paul F. Tompkins comes to your town. Oh, summertime. Summertime's here, everyone. Time for just lazing around in the hot sun. In your own stink. That takes the edge off the tranquility a little bit. I apologize. I'm sure you smell nice. After your fifth shower of the day, summer. The worst, right next to winter. Anyway, here are some of the summer places 
at which you can find me. <laughs> Do you get it? Hmm. Skip it. Thursday, June 16th, I'll be spending that summer day at the Chicago Theater in Chicago as part of the Just for Laughs Chicago Festival. One night only in Chicago as part of the Dimitri Martin and Friends show. The show actually has a much longer title, and it's a cute Dimitri Martin title that he came up with, but come on. Dimitri, we don't see eye to eye on your cute titles. I'm not going to read that whole thing. <laughs> Weird. Weird word feud with Dimitri Martin. Uh, that show also fe features Dimitri Martin, me, Hannibal Burris, Kristen Schaal. That's, that's a great lineup. It's going to be a fun show. I'm looking forward to it. Not just because it's in the future and I have no choice. As I've stated before, I do not have a time machine. And I'm sorry I made you think that I did. Thursday, June 16th, Chicago. Saturday, June 18th. I'm going to keep mentioning it. Episode 12, the season finale of the Pod F. Tompcast, live at Largo in West Hollywood, California. Every part of the podcast done in front of your very face and eyeballs. It's going to be, Jen Kirkman's going to be there. Damon Crawl, our announcer, is going to be there. Anna, the sleepy voice of the internet, is going to be there. Of course, Eben and I will be there. We're the whole thing. And I will be performing The Great Undiscovered Project, all of it, <laughs> live. Come see what happens, because something is going to happen. Tickets are on sale now. Summer's not over yet. It's just getting more miserable when... <laughs> I come to Montreal, Canada. Wait, wait. Montreal, Canada. The Just for Laughs Festival, Montreal. I'll be spending a bit more time there than I did in Chicago. Uh, I will be performing my latest hour of material uh, between the 25th and the 30th. <laughs> I wrote down 30th. The 30th of July. July 25th. July 25th through the 30th. 35th. <laughs> I stand by those dates. July 25th through the 35th, you will find me in Montreal. <laughs> and uh, do an hour of material. Um, I'll probably do end up doing a couple other shows while I'm there. Uh, tickets will go on sale June 9th for those shows at, and I swear to God this is true, hahaha.com. You might think it's haha.com. Uh uh, it's funnier than that. Hahaha.com. How funny is it? Ha 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 ha. No, it's not that funny. Ha ha ha. Three ha's. Twa. Twa ha.com. June 9th. All tickets, all ticket links can eventually be found at pauleftompkins.com. My own personal website. Everyone has one. Don't you? Mm, better get one before the summer is over. And you have to go back to school. Kids. Sorry, kids. Ugh, still got still got to do some school. It is the worst. I was not lying. School is the worst. You, you might think, oh, this is the worst. But maybe I'll find out that it wasn't so bad after all. It's exactly... <laughs> 
You will come to find out it was exactly as bad as you thought it was. And you'll be so happy when you're free of it. You'll wake up one day as an adult decades later and go, oh, I just realized I never have to go to school again. So good. It's summer vacation every day. Except for the crushing obligation to pay your bills and put food on the table. Gotta eat in summertime too. All right, you guys. Go toss the Frisbee around. Go uh, put on some sunblock like that graduation speech told you to do. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of episode 11 of the Pod F Tomcast. We've reached the end. And after next month, after episode 12, we are calling that the end of season one of the Pod F Tomcast. Let me get comfortable in my chair to tell you more about it. After episode 12... And we've done a year now. Eben and I are going to take a little bit of time off to plot out the next 12 episodes and get ahead of ourselves recording-wise so we won't have any more late episodes and we won't be scrambling to get stuff done because it really (laughs) has been tricky to coordinate both of our busy schedules and get together and record and edit and do all the sound tweaks and stuff like that so we hope you will understand we, you know what we trust you will understand that this is a necessary move for the quality of the podcast and for our individual sanities um, so yeah I don't know how long it'll be but we're gonna keep we're gonna keep we're going to keep it alive. There'll be some extra sods and things like that in the meantime. But um, the main episodes uh, will be delayed for just a little bit. You know, not too, too long. It's not going to be like Mad Men style. <laughs> like we do a handful of them and then it's like, all right, check back with us in five years to continue that story. It'll be less than five years, I guarantee But we are going to be back. But next month will be our season finale. And we both thank you for listening and for being regular listeners of the podcast. Because we like doing it. Despite the the stress level it has sometimes <laughs> raised, it has been uh, a really fun thing to do. Like most things that take an effort, the doing is not so much fun, but the having done is the best. <laughs> we have fun doing it, too. Why am I making it seem like it's <laughs> an awful chore? We're having fun right now. Look, I'm talking and Eben's playing the piano. <laughs> oh, when will this be over? I'd like somebody from Rwanda to try putting out a podcast sometime. Oh, please. I do not mean to tempt any sort of Freaky Friday thing with a Rwandan. No, Eben, don't play... (laughs) It seemed like Freaky Friday type music. 
where a magical thing was occurring. So, yes. <laughs> That's the end of this episode. The Pod of Tomcast is produced by Edmund Schletter and myself, with sound design and music by Mr. Schletter. For more information on Edmund Schletter, turn to page 46. Our announcer is Damon Crawl, and the sleepy voice of the internet is Anna. Ooh, a little flourish for Anna. I like it. Thanks to everyone at Largo at the Coronet, especially Jesse and Alec. And thank you to my wife, Janie Haddad Tompkins. She took my name, slapped it on the end there. I didn't ask her to. I was fully prepared for her to be a totally modern woman and keep her maiden name. She was a maiden, too, when we met. She was tied to a rock outside of Dragon's Cave. And uh, I don't remember where I was going at the time. Was I going to the gym and I saw her? And, um, so we got to talking, we had a lot in common, and we knew people in common and stuff, and that was kind of the icebreaker, and then I, um, slayed the dragon and unchained her, and we got married. So she's no longer a maiden. She is now my good lady wife. And we live in a castle. Classic castle music. Thanks, Evan. That <laughs> oh, really tickled me. The way you're tickling those ivories. That's a gross phrase that is pretty appropriate, tickling the ivories. Nice work, jazz age people. You've done it. You drunks. <laughs> you World War Two fighting... World War One. I, I blew it, Jazz Agers! Thank God all of you are dead. And today's youth is so dumb. No offense, today's youth. You're pretty stupid. You probably think man landed on the moon to defeat Hitler and so forth. <laughs> Kids, I love you. I'm kidding around. Um... So this podcast is for free. Still, still for free. But if you feel like spending some money, you can go to the aforementioned AST Records, specialthing.com slash store. And you'll find my CV, CVs. You'll find my resume. <laughs> I don't know why they have my resume there. I asked them to take that down. Some of this stuff is embarrassing. It's got my day jobs on there. Worked as a telemarketer for six months. That doesn't need to be on my comedy resume, which does not need to be at the DVD selling place store website. My CDs and DVDs are on there. And Jen Kirkman's new CD, Hail to the Freaks. And guess what? If you are interested in Eben Schletter's music, and you should be, you can find all of his stuff on Amazon.com. Just put his name in the search window. You'll see all his stuff there. And it is a diverse collection 
of music. It really, really is. Eben is pretty amazing. I can say this because he's in the next room. And he can't stop me. Eben's a pretty amazing dude. Uh, and his talent is kind of incredible. So check out his music. It's all on Amazon. Some of the stuff is also on iTunes if you just want to download it direct like that. I'm on one of them on the Witching Hour, Ebbage Letters Witching Hour. Bunch of spooky Halloween-ish, Halloween-appropriate songs. I'm on there. That makes a difference. Don't let this be the super ego argument all over again. But I'm happy to be the gateway person to other people who are great. For more information on me, maybe even less information on me than me talking for an hour. Go to pauleftompkins.com. You'll see all my live dates and some blogs on there. I'm going to start having recaps of the podcast. My friend Ben wrote one, and it's really funny. I liked it a lot. He started with the most recent one, so I'm going to make him start at the beginning. <laughs> then those will be posted. And I'm going to start changing stuff on my website, as I think I've mentioned previously. Because as you know, I've been booking my shows with the help of Facebook, with Facebook groups. So people give me an idea of how much interest there is in me in their town, in different areas of the country. And because the Facebook groups, because Facebook has changed their settings so many times, it has taken something that was already kind of tricky to use as a gauge into something that is impossible to use as a gauge. So, if you were hearing this, I am suspending the Facebook groups for a little bit as I figure out how to do this on my website. That doesn't mean I'm never going to come to your town if you've started a group. But there's a lot to be figured out. And it's been an imprecise science so far, but we're going to try to make it a more precise one. For instance, like it was nice that, you know, I did a show in Brooklyn and then 300 people joined a group to bring me to Staten Island. <laughs> but come on. <laughs> come on, you guys. <laughs> like, that's close enough that you could take a drive in less than an hour rather than make me <laughs> book a plane ticket. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so there's kinks to be ironed out. There's kinks to be ironed out. And we'll figure it out. But while that's happening, I'm kind of suspending the groups. I mean, you can still join them and stuff like that, but I won't be participating in them in that way. And the browbeating of, we got 300, how come there's no show yet? Already sort of irritating and presumptuous because it's not just that easy. <laughs> it's not just that easy, you guys. <laughs> just because you get to 300. And some of them also, by the way, after more than a year, they got to 300. And they're like, when's the show happening? It's very, it's, re it's really not that simple. Because if it was that simple, it would have been done already. You gotta trust me. It's not that I don't want to play shows. 
but it's it's stuff that's got to be figured out and we will figure it out we'll figure it out and then I will let you know I will keep you posted I promise I promise I will keep you posted so just hang in there everything's going to be alright you guys let's not lose perspective we're just talking about some comedy here alright that's uh, enough lecturing it's a pretty good lecture though a few people audited this. They're right here. <laughs> you can't hear them because they're not allowed to uh, interact. They're just here to observe. Like you-know-who, the you-know-what. So speaking of Facebook, I have a fan page on Facebook. Please join that. I post stuff on there. Links to fun things and stuff like that. And I'm also on Twitter, like everybody is. At P.F. Tompkins. Shout at me on Twitter. Holler at me. Shout, holler, yell at me. No, you know what? Don't yell at me unless you are a yell boss like me. I will only take yells from fe fellow yell boss. Fellow yell bosses. <laughs> Get me Russian computer voice. Hello to you. Oh, and listen, be a deer and leave a review on iTunes and give us five stars. <laughs> can I openly ask that? I think that I can. Who cares? The better the ratings, the more we stay, um, you know, high in the rankings and the more people will be brought to the show. Not everybody's going to like it, but not everybody's going to like everything. You know what I'm saying? It would be nice to be liked by absolutely everybody, but realistically, realistically, I know that it's not the case. <laughs> Who could like your Russian computer voice? But, but it helps. Every little bit helps because we get one person. Every so often, we get one person who checks it out and likes it. Who's never had any idea who the hell I am or what I am all about or if I live in a castle. Yeah, I made it happen! <laughs> oh, that is like, that word is like catnip to Evan. <laughs> he can't resist it. <laughs> so, yeah. So leave us a review. I really enjoy that people have been so clever and creative with the reviews, and it's I take pride in that people that listen to this show are funny themselves. So, good work, you guys. It means a lot to me. And to Eben, too, although he's, he's very tight-lipped on the subject of iTunes reviews. <laughs> it's like if you found out your friend was a creationist, and he seemed normal in all other respects, but... He thinks the world is 6,000 years old. That happened to a friend of mine recently. A guy he'd known for years. Hey, somebody told me that you were a creationist. I don't want to talk about it. Oh! All right. So, what was my point with that? Yeah, leave a, leave a review on iTunes. And thank you for doing so. And congratulations on being so funny. And congratulations to me on you being so funny. You guys, we're going to have more fun. 
coming up. We are just getting started. After a year, I think we are just getting started. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling your friends to listen. And you're welcome for the podcast. If I haven't said it already, I've been remiss. You're welcome for this podcast we give you. Take care, you guys. We'll see you next month. And then after that, who knows? But we will see you again. You can count on it. You can count on me. Also, the kids are all right. And other Mark Ruffalo movies. Good night, everybody. Pleasant dreams. That includes you, Mark Ruffalo. Castle music. <laughs>